welcome to Sibling Cinema. I'm Dennis. And I'm Bonnie. And we are here counting down the Academy Award winners from best, for Best Picture, From Worst to Best. Mm-hmm. And um, based on just an aggregate list that we've... Uh, if you're curious about the list, just listen to our previous podcast. We've discussed it many times. Yeah. So I'm more, tired of talking about it. We're both tired of talking about it. Yeah, don't ask. But we do have stuff to talk about. And I have a question for you, Bonnie. Okay, yes. So, for 200 million rupees, <laughs> is the 45th best best picture winner A, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, B, The Three Musketeers, Dog Millionaire or Jack Hobbs? See, Dog Millionaire. Right! Good <laughs> job. You don't really win anything. I was just kidding. Yeah, I thought you were going to end it with toothbrushes. A toothbrush, <laughs> yes. That's a reference to the uh, office parody of the, the company picnic episode. They have a skit called Slumdunder Millionaire. Yes. Uh, so, what is your history with? movie well not none there was none except that i'm an office fan and i knew that episode but i did not know until how many five minutes ago (laughs) yeah 10 minutes ago ago, dennis showed me that clip again that that was based on anything i just thought that was part of the (laughs) they just came up slummed under mifflin air i don't yeah they just came up with the silly words Mm -hmm. That skit is so, so much even more cringe now, right. knowing that. It was yeah. already super cringe, but it's... And the Office is all about cringe, right? Yeah, it's all about cringe comedy. Yeah, yeah. so had you heard of the movie? Uh, probably, yeah. I think yeah. I'd probably... Yeah, I think yeah, I'd probably heard of Slumdog Millionaire. So I should have, you know, slumped under... Yeah, well, that episode came out just a few months after the movie. Well, I never saw that. I didn't get into Office till it was already off the air. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. I'm not judging you for not catching that reference until now. Yeah, I... This is one that I actually had to catch up with. I didn't... A few years after it came out, because I was in the late aughts. I went through a gamer phase. Really, I, I kind of kept it under the rug because I felt like a nerd. But I was, in, I was doing online gaming. Like, took up all of my time. I was obsessive, so I was really. I didn't just uh, do any of our other siblings know this? Um, I haven't, unless they've been spying on me. Wow. But yeah, for a few years there, I was just, yeah, really not entirely tapped into the. What about our Chinese nephew movies? Joey? I think he would want to know this piece of information. Have you told him that? I think when we've talked about gaming, I've mentioned like okay, okay so so a, Joey knew I was a tank and I but I leveled up a few alts and uh, like I was in all of the I knew all the gamer lingo. Wow. Okay. Back then, I didn't but, know yeah, that. It was a real time suck. It was like when I first got into it, that there was like I was gaming all night and like wow. I was still gaming when my alarm went off to. It's time to get up for to go get to work. out of town. It's no, time to really. Go to work with no sleep. Have Have you talked to Jordan about this? <laughs> no, I should. Should I? You should because she comes from a family of gamers. Oh yeah, I think Jordan's a gamer too. Oh okay, yeah. I'm, I'm not really anymore, but it's a, are, are there any gamer movies face. we're going to discuss? Um. Well, game show. That's different. <laughs> um. No, best picture winners. No, I don't. Or, or so. Lost. Um, no. Okay, that's weird. Uh, well, there might be. A, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. This okay, was... so you were in a gamer phase and up all night mm-hmm. and sleeping at work and yeah. uh, so not keep, keeping up with movies. It was just one time that I gave through the entire night. But, mm-hmm. well, so, yeah, I wasn't really... Keeping up with it. That's not so how I, I remember. I it. probably caught up with this about four or five years after it came out. Okay. And then uh, seen it a couple times and I watched it um, again this past week. Wow. Uh, but it came out in um, 2008. 2008. Yeah. Oh. 
Uh, so this was the last year where there were only five nominees for Best Picture. Okay. Or last year so far. After this, they changed the count. Okay. Um, up to ten. Um, so How long had it been? Five? Since 1944. Wow. A long, yeah, most of their history wow. was at okay. five nominees. Okay. Yeah. Um, was there a re? Maybe you tell me this. Was there a reason that they didn't announce the reason? But um, well, let's look at the lineup and see if we can read any tea leaves okay. as far as what prompted this change. Um, so to start off with, uh, did you ever hear of the curious case of Benjamin Button? Um, I've heard of it. Is that when he like reverse ages? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, Brad Pitt is uh, plays a man who is born as an old man and becomes younger, ages in reverse. Okay. And kind of uh, goes through the 20th century and it kind of has been compared a lot to Forrest Gump. It's okay. directed by David Fincher, who's one of the best working directors. So made the, um, we talked about the social network. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't regarded now as one of his best movies. I, w- I thought about watching it again, but it's two hours and 46 minutes. And I kind of remember it being a slog to get through when I caught up with this one. Okay. But I do like David Fincher, so I would like to catch up with it again at some point. But yeah, I don't think, it, it doesn't seem to have aged very well, but it does have um, some admirers. Okay. A uh, minor hit in its day, and it got 13 Oscar nominations, which wow. is a lot. Yeah. Records 14. Wow. Uh, have you ever heard of Frost oh. Nixon? Yes, I've, I've seen this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the, it's about the David Frost interview. Right. Of Richard Nixon. Yeah, um, very fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's, it is fascinating. Who's it's, that actor Frank, that Frank played? Frank Langella is Nixon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was good. Yeah, he is. He's very good. Yeah, and Michael Sheen plays um, David Frost. Yeah, I mean, the, the interview itself is fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a movie about an interview. It's actually based on a play. So it's a film really? of a play okay. about a TV interview. And... Um, People don't seem to really talk about it anymore. It's, uh-huh. um, you know, it's certainly not a bad movie. It's just kind of, you know, I think in our Gandhi episode, I talked about oh, the movies based on a true story. I kind of wonder, would this be better as a documentary or what, what is... Um, right. This one, I just think, uh, be... Let's just look at the actual interview and maybe right. get some interviews about... Uh-huh. David Frost talking, yeah. but you know that's it's not a bad movie. I just don't think it's all that memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, milk. Um, it's about Harvey Milk. Yes. Yes, I've never seen it, but uh, it's San Francisco. Yeah, something. He's, right, right, he's a council. Right, right, he's a city councilman. One of, if not the first, like openly gay pol- politicians and. Yeah. That level of office. What year was he? Uh, 70s, late 70s. Okay. So. All right. All right. Yeah, and he was a city councilman, ended up getting murdered. Okay, was he assassinated office? or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't know if it would be an assassination, just a, a, a disgruntled councilman. Like he, one of the other councilmen, Resigned and then wanted to unresign, but then the, I guess the lead councilman said, "No, you can't. You're gonna have to go up for election again." And he came back to City Hall with a gun and he killed that guy, and then he went and killed Harvey Milk. Okay. So it was his okay. beef with Harvey Milk had a lot to do with his sexuality, uh-huh. and then he ended up getting off. On, really? Uh, well, he got a light sentence with manslaughter and didn't serve much time. Why? Uh, it's. I think he used kind of a gay panic defense, which was... That was his that defense? 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't okay. remember all the details of the case, but okay. it's outrageous. So, it's like, yeah. it was impulsive. So I apparently but, don't know very much about this. Yeah, so it was like, he acted on an impulse, but he also, like, know how to sneak a gun through security at City Hall. Right. So it's, and it's okay. It's, it's outrageous. <laughs> yeah. That it was like, yeah, but it was a totally different time. Yeah. Again... This is another one where there, there actually is a very famous documentary of Harvey Milk. Okay. Which is totally fascinating. Oh, and I'd love to see that. Yeah. What is, what's and, that? Uh, um, the to- Life and Times of Harvey Milk. Okay. Or the Life of the Times of Harvey Milk. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually just rewatched it on HBO Max. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, I prefer that documentary to the movie. Again, nothing wrong with it. It's mm-hmm. just, it's kind of a vehicle for Sean Penn to... Deliver, uh, so he plays Oscar. Harvey Milk? Or? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then finally is The Reader. Okay. I never heard of this, but I, you've got a picture up there, and I can see it's, um, uh, what's Kate. her name from Kate Winslet? Yeah. And somebody else. It's David Cross, a German actor. Oh, okay. Um, so this is, you know, I'm sure you're thinking what this this really needs is a Holocaust movie. <laughs> so, uh, it's set in the 1950s, actually, and this young kid, a teenager, is like goes to this um, kind of a lonely housewife uh, and reads to her because she can't read, and they have okay. a torrid affair. Okay. And then there's a time jump, and we see him again just out of law school, where he is on a case prosecuting war criminals. And guess who is one of the defendants that he finds out was a guard in the prison camp? Her husband? No, she was. She, she was a guard in the prison camp? I think oh. she was a guard. She was a, okay. definitely a Nazi. Wow. So that's that's kind of the second half of the movie is about oh. dealing with the fact this person. That wow! Wow! Yeah. yeah, an affair with was a, a Nazi. But wait, he has an affair with her later. Earlier, they had an affair when he was a kid, and oh, okay. And then years pass, and then she's a defendant for, in this case. Okay, so not. the f- oh, okay, I see. Yeah. So the time jump, when you say that it's set in the 50s, the right. time jump is... Forward. Forward. Till he okay. graduates. So it starts right. out not in the 50s. It's or it, it, I think it I starts know. off... Yes, I, I don't remember the details. Yeah. But, but their, their affair is not in the 50s. Their affair is pre... Uh, no, the affair is after the war. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she was... Enough, okay. She was... I think mysterious about her past, and okay. but they were, um, yeah, really, they just had books and sex on their mind, so. Okay, and then later, after this affair, then he went to law school? Yes. And then, and then as a new lawyer, it's his former lover. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, I kind of get that the point is that, you know, when the, nations engage in these huge atrocities that the individuals kind of get caught up in that. Yeah. But it's also, it kind of comes off, at least to me, as, well, look how bad the guards had it. You know, I mean, it's like, but <laughs> okay. it's like sympathetic towards yeah. her. It's like, okay, but she's yeah. enough. And then like the first yeah. half, it's like, it is very... The sex scenes are very graphic, and I'm not a prude, but it's uh-huh. he's supposed to be 15, and it's oh. just kind of creepy yeah. to imagine that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really was not... It's not a movie that I'd like to go back to. Okay. It's yeah. just... Uh, I don't really remember it being particularly bad, but it's just kind of uh, subject matter just, just not... didn't really sit well with me. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the list of our losers... Okay. And it's <laughs> kind of a bad list. 
or like it's not no so much that it's a bad list. It's just really uninspired, kind of. And so yeah. I think that there was a lot of backlash to like really these are our nominees for best picture of the year. They're just you know there's nothing bad about you know Milk or uh-huh. Frost Nixon. They're actually pretty good movies. Uh-huh. It's just they're just not that memorable. They're just uh-huh. just kind of milk toast. And so I think that had a lot to do with the decision to expand the nominees because it was just, it just kind of felt like they were in a rut. They didn't obviously say that that's why. Uh, but the big backlash this year, and I, I usually wait till the end to go through what else yeah. came out in that year, right. but that's... I think it, it's pertinent here. That this was the oh. year that the Dark Knight was. Yeah. I don't know if you remember it, but that was a real sensation yeah. when it and came out. Especially because didn't he die like around yeah. the time that it came out or something? Yeah, part of the Heath Ledger who plays uh-huh. the Joker uh, was I think twenty eight at the time. Yeah. He had been in Brokeback Mountain, got an Oscar nomination for that. And are we um, going to see that or no? No, it lost to Crash. Down there, okay. Wow, yeah, yeah, that was a controversy. Uh, but then, like, he was thought to be like he's going to be one of the big stars of his right. generation, and then he dies suddenly in January of 2008. Uh huh. Um, and the movie comes out in the summer, right? And it was, was it like an overdose or something? Uh, yes, well, it was prescription drugs, and I think from what I remember, I haven't really. Yeah. Looked into it in detail. I think there's some controversy about whether it was abused or mis... Like, he had, I think, some kind of injury where he was given pain meds that yeah. he was maybe misprescribed things okay. that didn't right. react well together. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it could be that he had gotten addicted. To, right. Yeah. Yes. I, I think that there's some yeah. something up in the air, but he, he died... Okay. Too young. Yeah. Really part of the mystique of the movie, too, because yeah. when it finally came out, yeah. he's amazing. Did you see yeah. The Dark Knight? Oh, yes, I have seen The Dark Knight. Yeah, I mean, he's... It's Maybe a like, couple of times. Yeah. yeah. He's he's amazing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a character a, we know so well. A from, different take on the Joker, certainly than the TV series. And certainly probably, than the And definitely since... Jack and, Nicholson, right? Yeah, and uh, but really, like, wow, pretty powerful. And then it's been, yeah. you know, yeah. he's he's like who we think of now with the Joker, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just an indelible performance, and the movie itself just got rave reviews. It became the second highest grossing movie of all time. Uh-huh. I think it just was seen as at the time transforming the superhero genre. Because yeah. it was, it's really about a trying. It's before it's, all the it's before all the Marvel, Marvel cinema, but you know there was they had the earlier Batman movies and um, Spider Man yeah. had come out a few there's years. A, do you think there's a bias in the Academy against um, superhero movies? Uh, yeah, they don't normally get it. Um, the only one, the first one that got a Best Picture nomination. Was after they expanded the number of nominations, was Black Panther uh-huh. in twenty eighteen. Okay, got it. Yeah, because when you look at a movie like it's really just a, it's really a crime movie that happens to have Batman. It's, and it's the Joker. sort of like Die Hard. Oh yeah, which did get a nomination, didn't it? It didn't get a Best Picture nomination. Oh, it did. Never mind. Uh, other movies like I we mean, they nominated. It's not like they're averse to nominate the popular like. Raiders right. the Lost Ark got a nomination. Oh, Star yeah. Wars. Okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. I mean, this is a little bit more like Die Hard, but. Raiders right. The Lost and, and it's got uh, lines that I still hear today. Like people, the Jokers at one point described as some, sometimes people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. You hear that all the time, even in like politics and, and uh, yeah. social issues outside of this movie. Mm-hmm. There's the famous line where. Harvey Dent says that you either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain. 
I hear that all the time. And then at the end, I think it's Commissioner Gordon who says that, I don't remember the exact wording, but something along the lines of often the hero we deserve is is not the hero that we need. And so I think like there's a lot of themes in this movie that really resonate with our our grappling with the world that right. around us, this post 9-11, right. yep. bringing order to chaos. So uh-huh. there's really a lot of ideas to the movie. And so it was, uh, you know, kind of looking back, I kind of wish I was more engaged this year because a lot of times something cited as a snub where I'm like, well, that really wasn't going to be nominated uh-huh. anyways. Uh-huh. Uh, but I actually went back to find like some old archived articles before the nominations came out to see right. what was being predicted. I went through about a half a dozen of them, and it was expected to be nominated. I think that consensus was that Benjamin Button and Slumdog Millionaire are shoe-ins. They're definitely going to be nominated. Uh-huh. But then, like, third and fourth would be Frost Nixon and Dark Knight. Okay. Um, you know, there's a whole award season, and the movie did get the Dark Knight did get snubbed by the Golden Globes and the okay. Screen Actors Guild for their top award, but also it got in at the Directors Guild, Writers Guild, all sorts of nominations. So, like, if you're reading the tea leaves, the it's it didn't have a perfect resume for a nomination, uh-huh. but it it seemed to be solid enough that it's right. going to make the top five, right? And then for that fifth slot, people were guessing either the reader or milk, but also I was actually surprised how many people were picking Wally oh, as really? a best picture nominee. That was also one of the biggest hits of the year. Got rave reviews. Uh, animated movie hadn't been nominated since Beating the Beast in okay. 1991, and just because it was a relatively weak year, it just seemed like. Yeah. Okay, this is a good spot to recognize it. And it's got a lot of themes that it seems like the Academy yeah. would be interested in. Yeah, environmental messages. And it's also really stands out for an animated family movie in that it does have like the first half hour or so is no dialogue oh, right. to speak yeah, of. Yeah. It's just a very ambitious uh-huh. movie. Uh, so it ended up getting six nominations, which okay. for an animated movie tied the record with Beauty and the Beast. Wow. But it didn't get the Best Picture nomination. Revolutionary Road, I saw it kind of cited more than okay. um, The Reader or Milk, which I don't, I haven't seen it. I just know it's Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio reuniting 11 years after Titanic. Oh, so she was in two. She was in two movies that were kind of in the mix. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I know it's based on a novel, and they play people. Um, well, they play people. I don't know anything about it. But yeah. it did get snobbed, as did Clint Eastwood's uh, Get Off My Lawn movie. Right. And Torino was kind of cited sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, also, Doubt was really in the right. mix for the acting categories. I've did seen you see great, Doubt? I did. Yeah. I've seen Doubt. I, I like Doubt a lot, actually. I, I did, too. I th- yeah. And 2008, that was a very... Timely, oh right, yeah. you know, topic for that, right? Yeah, so that's uh, Meryl Streep plays a nun who has suspicions about the priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very charismatic figure, right? With the uh, children in the yeah. parish, yeah, yeah. I think one particular boy, yeah, right? Yeah. Viola Davis plays his mother. She's yeah, really great in right. really one scene, right? And Meryl Streep was brilliant as always, yeah. Yeah, so there were a lot of... in uh, Bruges was also this year, which is kind of a smaller movie that's really aged well. Okay. Uh, it really introduced um, audiences to Martin McDonough, who's a... He's an Irish writer-director who's been in the Oscar hunt several times since then, most recently with The Banshees of Inishirin this okay. past year. Right. And then... Um, I put up Iron Man, which was really not a realistic Best Picture nominee, but it's fascinating. This was the second biggest hit of the year. Is that the first of the Marvel movies? Yeah. Wow. So it's kind of interesting. It also got very good reviews. Um, I liked Iron Man. Iron Man's great. But if you 
were to ask anyone in 2008 which superhero movie of the year is oh. going to set the tone for where the genre is going to go, Yeah, everyone yeah. would have said The Dark Knight, but really yeah. it's Iron Man yeah. started right. this whole Marvel yeah. revolution it's, for right. better or The Dark worse. Knight is very... It's a it's a dark, uh, harsh edges movie, whereas Iron Man is an action flick that is yeah. more colorful and funnier. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's where they've all. Gone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost a Marvel movie is kind of a patent for that yeah, type of exactly movie. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that. That was a lot of the controversy was that okay, didn't it was it really wasn't a great year for movies, but you didn't have to have such a milk toast list, yeah. and so I think that was kind of the idea behind expanding it. Although okay. I would, I mean, I think it's a deeper problem because I, I just don't. That's. You know, granted, the Academy doesn't like superhero movies, but it's also, I mean, it's, it is the movie of the year, The Dark yeah, Knight. The Dark and Knight. so it's like, even if, you know, 10 to 15% of the Academy is a fan of it, it's like, that's not enough to get more votes than Ross Nixon. Right. It's, it seems weird. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I would look more at the Oscar campaigning than just expanding... The list, but that's what they've done, yeah. and they haven't gone back to five. Okay. They don't seem to want to. Okay. Yeah. And it's been 15 years, so. Yes. They've had plenty of time. 14 years, probably. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, that's very startling. Are you Slum ready to Thunder play? <laughs> oh, am yeah. I ready to play? Okay. Uh, oh, well, I meant to ask in the beginning, or what's your background with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Did you ever watch that? Um, when they showed the sort of the chairs and the thing, mm-hmm. um, I've seen that view before. I feel like was with a Meredith or I don't know somebody, but no, I I don't have much. I've heard of the show, but I don't think I've ever watched it. But so I that, have seen it because that that set that they showed mm-hmm. looks like the other sets, right? Yeah. And the and we the, just filled them in the American version. Yeah. Right. So yeah, so, I haven't watched it, but I know the basic gist of it from yeah. really watching this movie and. A, so what's this movie about? This movie is about a young Indian boy growing up in the worst of, hopefully, the worst of conditions. <laughs> and uh, basically he makes his way to this TV show, this game show. He does really well. And then he's he does so well that they're accusing him of cheating. Right. And so the movie kind of is a series of flashbacks to show how he knew those answers came from not going to school or whatever, but from his life experience, Yeah, which is brutal. Right. And then it all of a sudden ends with a dance. Yes. Did you watch the whole dance number? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Was I supposed to? Did you tell me? that's what I said last week. Oh, I totally forgot that. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So uh, what what did you think of it? Yeah, it was, I, I liked how green was my valley better. Am I allowed to say that? Of course. Yeah. You're allowed to say whatever you want. But yeah, I mean, I liked the movie. It was um, hard to watch at points because it's really harsh, you know, you know, but so some of those scenes with, you know, especially with these little kids yeah. and wondering, like, I bet there are people like this that yeah, prey on vulnerable children because they're, they are. I mean, you just see, I mean, that's who child mm-hmm. molesters yeah. look for kids from broken homes. So, you know, if you're looking to 
of just the worst of the worst of humanity. Who are you going to take advantage of? Uh, just the concept that there are a lot of these kids in a country like India that, oh, that's so some of that is harsh. And then also it's like, sheesh, you know, you get some questions, <laughs> right? And they torture you Yeah. at the, you know, it's like, that's a pretty harsh penalty. Is that, yeah. Is that realistic? Is that what the, I never want to go to India. They accuse yeah. you of like pickpocketing <laughs> well, or something. And like all of a sudden you're being tortured. Yeah. I really think that Jamal is, it might be the most appealing protagonist that we've discussed so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that. love that character. Because it's kind of a fable. Yes. Right, because it's not, if you look at it realistically, you know, it's, right. not only does he know all the answers, but that they kind of come up in the order that they went through in his life. But I see it kind of like a, a framework, kind of similar to It's a Wonderful Life, where it's like, it's a, it's a Wonderful Life is making the point that how much impact we have on each other and kind of manufactures this structure where you can kind of see the impact in a 15-minute scene. Yeah. That's not really how that manifests itself in real life, but it's a way of getting people to realize how integrated we are with each other and that our lives have value. Yeah. And here it's more of the dignity of this person who is kind of cast aside from society as a slumdog and how from your experiences know what you need to know from your experiences and so it's uh, you know I, I do ultimately of course prefer It's a Wonderful Life it's one of my favorite movies but I see a lot of parallels there as far as the how the framework works and yeah I think there's, there's definitely things to nitpick but I just really love this movie uh-huh. it's just so Find it so uplifting, despite the yeah. really dark materials. Yeah, and just I think it just really works because of Dev Patel's performance at the center of it. You know, he's kind of become a movie star now, but you know, okay. he was so seventeen-year-old kid in his first movie, and he oh. has a lot to carry. And he's just so so much charisma and just. Really, someone you can really sympathize with, and and just kind of distill it to this trio, you know, the person I love and my family, and just really desperately trying to hold this together. But it's just so it's just trying to hold it together. The three musketeers mm-hmm. and um, just kind of the futility because of the the structures or the the class dynamics here. Yeah, I kind of like that, you know, uh, the Three Musketeers isn't the theme that's woven throughout, but they mm-hmm. it is something that's brought up at at various points, but it's like this this very realistic portrayal of harsh conditions but yes. almost told, I like how you phrase that with this sort of, um, I don't remember the term you use. Like fan, fable. Fan, fable, yeah. Yeah. Um, of, you know, sort of seeing through his eyes right. sort of this as a swashbuckle adventure. Yes, exactly. As they, you know, work their way, you know, into adulthood with really no... Yeah, I, I think Danny Boyle does such a great job. He's the director and does such a great job managing the tone because, you know, like, compare this to when we were kind of in our morose section of the list. Yeah. Like, compared to Ordinary People, which I don't want to yeah. little the things that happen in that movie, the, right. know, suicide, those are very serious <laughs> issues. Yeah. But it's like it's not compared to what happens here. There's no, no you know, mother getting murdered and the, yeah. you know, the, the uh, child getting blinded and all that oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Where purposefully blinded, but like yeah. or, 
And I like Ordinary People, but it's a lot more depressing than yeah. this movie is. Yes, you know, so exactly. it's kind of a, it's an interesting look at the what cinema can do because here's a lot of really dark material that's actually pretty, it's very engaging, and so I I like how Danny Boyle kind of manages the tone, kind of the I think the darkest aspect is with this Maman character, the really creepy child collector of children and he finds yeah. this kid and they have this really intense scene where they get away and then we have this great montage with the bright sunlight with the train and yeah. the two boys just kind of bonding and yeah. but you can still see in that montage that jamal is more traumatized by what happened but there's still you know it's just it has this really great the mia song um, paper planes as they're like aging in mm-hmm. on they're basically just kind of bandits on a train yeah child bandits and it's just such a nice relief from the intensity from the previous scene right yeah yeah and it's, yeah yeah i you know the such an interesting portrayal of that sibling relationship the two boys oh, so it's kind of it's like they're purposely contrasting the really two concepts of how people turn out or, yeah. you know, so you have the older brother who is not Jamal. What's his name? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Salim. Salim. So you have Salim is, is kind of what you would expect people to become when they're put in the worst of situations. Yeah. So he's very hardened. He's hardened and he's shrewd. And yeah. he's, he's, but it, but it makes him smart. You know, he's very aware of his situation and he's realistic and he's, and it's, it's sort of Machiavellian, you know, it's yeah. like, as long, you know, you gotta, you know, what needs to be done to make it in this life. Whereas yes. Jamal is the ideal right. of the human, like that is, yeah. he's the one who feels, he doesn't shut down the grief he doesn't shut down the emotion right he he recalls their mother being killed yes. he you know takes pity on the yeah. latika so he takes pity on her and you know the older brother is like no we need to yeah. and he's and he's probably legit or you know like the practical thing is he's like i can take care of just my brother yes you know mm-hmm. but he also shows, the brother shows heroism at a yeah. couple of points. You know, he's kind of this scoundrel, but he mm-hmm. he's not a scoundrel to his brother. Because right. he saves him yeah. twice in the right. in the movie, mm-hmm. you know, because his brother's part of his pack, you yeah. know. And, um, but then Jamal is like, what's everything that's good about humanity? Even when yes. they have him in the, that scene in the game show where mm-hmm. it's like they're feeding him the answer yes and then he's like i'm not gonna cheat i'm gonna right. so not cheat that i'm gonna specifically i don't know what the answer is but right. i'm gonna specifically not choose what you're feeding me even i, I, I want to yeah. lose rather than than lose my my dignity mm-hmm. you know so he sees the dignity yeah. in others he protects his own dignity he suffers unjustly mm-hmm. because of doing the right thing. Anyway, so it's yeah. up to... And so let me interject with how I, I my take on that scene where mm-hmm. he says it's about the cricketer yeah. and the guy feeds him the wrong answer. And I think that with the this framework, this um, the, what the framework does is it just shows... It's a way of showing how someone absorbs the experiences they've been through and how they've learned from it. And one thing that you see happen over and over again in in Jamal's life is that someone of a higher station or, or someone who's kind of an authority figure will come and say, hey, you can trust me or try to be like an ally. And he realizes, okay, they don't have my best interest. They're looking out for themselves. 
And so I think that's where he gets that answer right, is he manages to read the host as, oh, "Oh, he's not, he's out for himself. Because there is kind of a subtle Mm. moment where they lock eyes and then the host looks away right away. And I think Jamal kind of picks up on that. But it's a really interesting moment. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't yeah, I that, hadn't thought about it from that point of view at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting to look at the three because there are three questions that he doesn't know, right? And that's one of them. Also the final one with the three musketeers, which is just kind of yeah. the he ends up making a lucky guess. First one he doesn't know is one of the early questions where they feed the really easy ones, which is basically what's the motto of India? Right. Right? Um, if you've never is, been to school. Right. The motto is truth alone triumphs. And yeah. Other options were lies alone triumph, fashion alone triumphs, yeah. money alone triumphs. Right. I was going to guess truth alone triumphs. Of just course. Why would you have a... obvious. But is, in a state motto is this is what our country stands for. Yeah. And what is... Jamal's experience tell him not that not that truth alone triumphs, but right. that lies alone triumph. Right, and so then he he asked the audience for that. Yeah, one. Yeah, and I like how the yeah. his questioner right. says, "Hey, my my four year old daughter would know that question. Everybody yeah. knows that." And yeah. and so he kind of um, answers back, "Well, do you know how much this you know kind of street food." that he mentions yeah. is in this market or who stole the bike from this. And right. like everybody I know knows that. And right. so it's like, yeah. it's your perspective. You've got, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of like the juxtaposition kind of with those three ways. He doesn't, how he handles those questions. He doesn't know where the first one is that he relies on the audience or his larger community for things that are different uh-huh. from his own experience. And the second one, he reads right. the person, the motivations of the person who's not on the same level as him. Uh-huh. And then the final one is just luck. Yeah. It's just providence. Or yeah. It is written, yeah. whatever. So, right. you know, that's part of what makes... You as much as as what you know, but uh-huh. also, wow, um, yeah, luck. Oh, I also I really like how it opens with we have this cross cutting between the host doing kind of the introductory interview with him to him being questioned by the yeah. torturers and kind of showing how both of them express it in such different ways. But they're both kind of, I'm up here, you're down here, and I'm, my goal is to show you how small you are. You know, right. The, you're being beaten, you're a slumdog, and, but then the host is like, oh, you deliver tea, and you're here trying to answer these questions. Oh, it's so funny, and it's just really belittling. And, and then you have another juxtaposition at the end with the... You see all the cash in the game show that's part of the promotion, and this is the marketing of the show with the in the underworld, the bathtub filling up yeah. with money where his brother is, and they're kind of there's kind of this powers that be on the right side of the law are working against the people at the bottom, and so is the underworld, and the brothers are kind of both kind of stuck in this position where they're in this moneyed world where yeah but they it's it's ultimately a very hopeful movie oh yeah because it really emphasizes that if you take that machiavellian way right that that way ends in death right and then if you take the uh way of truth beauty and goodness mm-hmm. it ends in right in yeah, and, and it is, it's kind of, you just have to be willing to see it as kind of a very... A fable, I like A fable, it. like yeah. a very optimistic fable. You know, yeah. it's, Jamal might be too good to be realistic, but uh-huh. that's... That's part what, of the fable. That's part of the fable, yeah. Yeah. 
And but I, you know, I think there's some sharp edges. I, I like before it gets into the misery that the first episode we see is just kind of humorous, though pretty disgusting, with the story of the uh, celebrity and the picture that he has to get. And remember the latrine? Yes. Scene? Oh, that was hard. <laughs> yeah. But it's you know we we're introduced to their poverty in a way that's just kind of it kind of eases us in because it's. It's funny scene. Yeah. And we see the dynamic of the brother where, he, you know, what Jamal goes through to get this thing that's important to him yeah. and the brother sells it for money. Right. And so we see their dynamic before you get into right. anything like, you know, forced prostitution and yeah. binding people and right. all of that. Yeah. yeah and, so, and you also see, you know, with this third musketeer, this girl mm-hmm. that's always, they have Jamal loves her for uh, just her dignity, yeah. right? She's the, you know, the person that he, he just cherishes her yeah. because she has human dignity. Right, and he took her in out of the rain. Right, and the brother just sees him, sees her as something else to be used. You know, right. just like everybody else and is everybody serves a purpose. Yeah. And then but for Jamal, she serves no purpose other you know, right. than just her ultimate human dignity. So mm-hmm. this is interesting. I may um I'm trying to think now how to um I, I'm thinking in terms of teaching Christian anthropology. There's <laughs> actually some some yeah. things. I, here. There's a lot of really interesting things in this movie. I I feel like I tend to like it more than most. Although, I mean, it is in the top half. Uh-huh. And coming in, I had it at 28, which um, my ranking was the highest, but I, I think I still stand by that, and I might have okay. a little more. When I kind of slotted it in with the movies we've watched so far, I, I, just, I put it second behind How Green Is My Valley. Mm-hmm. Although I'm, just, I'm kind of conflicted on it. I think yeah. How Green Is My Valley is a little bit more perfect yeah, um, but I just I really love this. I, well, I, do. I, I, I have I to it. say I have more appreciation for it just after talking to you about it. And, oh, well, and well, sort of you, kind of uh, unlocking a few things for me is like oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot to really kind of dig into here. I mean, yeah. it does. It gets some criticism for because that Latika doesn't have enough of a personality that she's just kind of a prize to be won. Damsel in distress type of character, yeah. which it's not untrue. It's just, but it, it's yeah. Jamal's I, movie, and I get the the sense that okay, but the movies are always about the men. But yeah, that's that's true, and I'm usually sensitive to that. Right. But if we think of it like how you talked about before, you think of it as this fable, right? Then then she is really the her role is not as you know it's not supposed to be one way or the other it's just how you see how people treat human beings and the Mm -hmm. one brother treats her as something to be used yes and then jamal treats her as yeah you know good because of her inherent dignity as a person and so it's these two contrasting views and therefore she's not really a character and i i kind of like how they they how he doesn't know the name of the third musketeer at the end, right? Because she sort of is that she is the third musketeer. The third musketeer, yeah. but it's not. It's really it's a fable about the brothers. So, and and she's just sort of the. How are we yeah. going to look at the world? You're going to look at the world as the people in your life are are means to an end, or objects to be used, or are the people that you like just have inherent dignity? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think maybe my impression is helped by the fact that I, I did catch up to it a little later and because I kind of came into it as, you know, not just like an Oscar contender, but as, you know, I I had I was familiar enough with it that I when I watched that office episode I knew what they okay. were talking about. Yeah. And I did have an awareness that okay, that's a game show and he's being tortured and so I yeah. I knew that, but it just it seemed like, well, I don't want to watch a movie about torture. And most of what I heard about it was, oh, how could the Dark Knight not win? 
I kind of prefer it to the Dark Knight, actually, but okay. um, yeah, I, I do really like the Dark Knight. But yeah, when I finally saw it, I was like, okay, let me sit through this. Yeah. I was just delighted. Yeah, I I think too. Now that we've talked about it, yeah. going back to the role of um, Latika or mm-hmm. La- Latika or whatever, is that I think she needs to be a woman. Yes. Because it, you know, she needs to be about their age. Yeah. To be to really go along with the fable and to give and to show the contrast of the two boys. So she needs to be not related to them mm-hmm. so that you don't have that family versus the, right. right. Mm-hmm. So you got to have the family versus, and she also can't be just another little boy because then it adds a different dynamic, dynamic that, that yeah. it would have to address of, of competing for one of those spots. But she's, she is contrast to that. So it just shows that. So I think, this role has to be a girl and has to be... Uh, so I really like that. I don't... Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with it to the extent that, I mean, she, she is a, a plot device. Yes. And I, I think it works for this movie. I, I, I think the criticism should be a larger criticism about how there are so few female-centric movies that... Like the guy's a plot device, which uh-huh. actually we're all about. So a lot of the older movies actually are all about Eve. And yeah. But I, I think that's, this movie is what it is. It's a fable, and I'm just, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to bring up is the $100 bill, yeah. Ben Franklin, yeah. where, you know, we see how he knows that. Uh, through the kid that he left behind. Yeah. Really sad story. Yeah. But the interrogator asks who's on the local currency, which is Gandhi. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Gandhi, who we know from right. watching Gandhi. And I like his answer to, he said, they didn't ask me that question. If right. they asked me that, I would have gotten it wrong. Yeah. They asked me the question that I knew. Yeah. And it's like, that's, you know, yeah. It, yeah I, I like that. I mean, he only knew Ben Franklin because of that. Yeah. So, anything else? Uh, no, I really enjoyed this chat. Actually, good. Me too. Yeah. Uh, and the dance number. Oh, like, so we did. We haven't talked about the dance number because this <laughs> is really you're dealing with torture and just the mm-hmm. kids in terrible conditions and yeah. just realizing that you know as we sit here very comfortably, yes, there are kids that are. Around the world that are like yeah. get, uh, are abandoned and mm-hmm. you know it's just and th- so you're dealing with all of this and then all of a sudden it's a music video. Oh, yeah, <laughs> what is going on there? Well, that's a, a, that's a like heaven or something. No, it's part of the Bollywood tradition. Oh, so that's the Bollywood if you Indian the India cinema. And that's what they do. They oh. even very serious movies. They end with a large dance number, and so this I was never kind of, of a tribute to India, Indian cin- cinema. It's oh. uh, directed by a British man, but I mean the movies all the there's no white actors except yeah. for the tourists, but no, nothing right. Yeah, nothing big. I mean, and it was a great dance number, and oh, it's great. Uh, it really is, and it's I, like I lo- and everybody. My thinks- proposal. Is that we learn the dance to do at Lindsay's wedding? Let's do it. Okay. You hear that, Lindsay? Yes. Oh wait, do we have to tell Lindsay? Well, I mean, she's gonna listen to, unless I cut that part oh, yeah, out. Yeah. If we want to surprise her, I can cut that oh, part yeah, out. Oh yeah, that's a great. No, I mean we can't do it without her. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Jeffrey. Yeah, we need Jeffrey. And, yeah. And so uh, we have a. Months to plan for that. Okay. Yeah. Five. Five months. Great. Yeah. So really good discussion, and I I really like this movie. Okay. Um, I like this segment that you've added in is the limerick from (laughs) ChatGPT. Yes. So this week's limerick: In Mumbai slums, a boy was found. His life turned upside down and around, but with wit and skill, he won a great thrill. Slumdog Millionaire, his tale renowned. Yeah. 
That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So, Slumdog Millionaire got 10 nominations. Okay. I said before that Benjamin Button got 13. Okay. But I think by the time it came around, this was pretty much the favorite and really the easiest choice ever <laughs> in that in that with that list of nominations. Mm-hmm. Really the saving grace. Uh, but it's one of the few Best Picture winners with no acting nominations. Okay. Um, oh, I thought Jamal did great. It was so good. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, what's and his name? brother had to play a very complicated character. Yeah, yeah and um, I could see the host making a supporting actor okay. nomination, too. Um yeah, Harvey, not Harvey, uh, Sean Penn won Best Actor. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it won eight of the ten nominations. So Danny Boyle won Best Director. Okay. Uh, won Screenplay. Uh, Jai Ho won uh, Best Original Song for the, the final dance number. Okay. It won Best Score, uh, Sound Mixing, Cinematography, and uh, Film Editing. Oh. Yeah, so it's the last movie to win eight Oscars. Oh, okay. Yeah. How many? Oh, so, so seven. Everything Everywhere All at Once got seven, which okay. is the most in that interim. Okay. They tend to spread the wealth around a little bit more. When was the last um, time somebody won seven? We just talked about that. Uh, everything Everywhere All at Once just won no, seven. No, I mean before that. Well, this one won eight. Yeah. Okay. So this it was, it was seven. Was, plus seven one was one. the most since okay. two thousand eight. Got it. When uh, this one won. Okay. And um, so there wasn't one in between two thousand eight and twenty twenty two. Right. That won seven. Right. Okay. And for some reason, I felt that there was. Yeah. All right. So do we have anything else before we get to our um, number forty four? Number 44. So we have a little game where we try to predict what's coming up oh, yeah. next. Yours and keep getting picked. Did you well, have we're something? tied now at 4-4. Four, four. Okay, yeah, you're going to yeah. win all the rest. Well, you have some good picks. So what oh, you... do I? Good. Yeah, what are your picks? Marty. Mm-hmm. That's a good pick. That is a good pick. That's what you've told oh, me. Yeah. No Country for Old Men. You've told me that's a bad pick. It will come up at some point. Amadeus. <laughs> Uh, you told me okay. Parasite is not a good pick. <laughs> I still think well, Platoon is a good pick. That's a decent pick, yeah. Yeah, okay. Those yeah. are mine. So I've picked, um, I have, you can't take it with you, Gladiator, The Lost Weekend, The Hurt Locker, and I'm going to add The Sting. Oh, The Sting, really? Mm-hmm. All right, so now we get to see what's 44. Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, wait, this is my April Fool's Day list. Oh, <laughs> you joker. He fits Casablanca. <laughs> oh, we're recording this on April Fool's Day. And I'm like, wow, I'm like stunned. <laughs> Casablanca yes. number four. How'd you do that? I have to make a separate one. Yeah, oh. I have to. I tried to do that oh, without. I didn't even notice it said April Fool's Day up there. Oh my yes. gosh! I don't even. <laughs> so let me go back. Oh golly, you're crazy. <laughs> yes. Oh man. That'd be funny, but actually, that's possible. <laughs> now, actually, uh, I tried to do it without spoiling myself, but I actually ended up seeing the critics. But I'll try to act surprised. Okay. okay. So, all right, I'll be surprised. Oh, Marty. <laughs> yes. That is so a good you pick. Win. Okay, so I win. Well, you would. Okay, yeah, so that's 44. So now this next week we're going to watch. I'm still trying to get over Casablanca. <laughs> you excited to watch it? Yeah, I mean, I, I hasn't been that long since I've watched Casablanca. I can watch it again. But now yeah, I'm going to watch Marty. I'm ready for Casablanca. Yeah. Yeah. So... Well, you might have seen it. 
Marty? I have seen it. Okay. I don't remember it at all. Well, it does hold the record for being the shortest Best Picture winner ever. Oh, really? Yes. Because Slumdog Millionaire seemed long. It was two hours. Was it? Two hours? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Yes, the longest one we've launched is Gandhi at three hours and six minutes, which is the eighth longest Um, Best Picture winner. Patton was also long. Patton was, yeah, it was also long, and this is supposed to be long, but not as long as Gandhi. The seven longest, we all still have those to come. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but Marty's just 90 minutes, and uh, I think, I believe that's one of the ones I had you with. Marty? I think so. Hopefully. It came on. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so we'll be back next time with 1955's Marty. Marty. Yes. Bye-bye, everyone.